You're You're listening listening to to The Bottom Bottom Bible. Bible. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by a couple of bottom-loving bitches who want to talk about sex, relationships, current events, pop culture, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. To tell me what you want from me. I, I really need it. I really need it. Hello. Hi. Welcome to The Bottom Bible. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa. I'm a mess. <laughs> Ooh, y'all. It's been if you live a in the week. United States, <laughs> it's been going through some stuff. I think like other countries are going to reach out and just be like, girl, you okay? Hey, you okay? We're not okay. We are not haven't been okay for quite some time, but it's kind of like all the dirty laundry is getting aired. Yeah. Yeah, this um, is the part where where like mom and dad had the big blow up, like blowout fight in front of everybody at school. Yes. Yeah. Like shit's been bubbling. Probably like for a long time. Um, and now she's. <laughs> now it's now it's now it's so bad that even white people are paying attention. <laughs> I wish that wasn't so true. Um, but it is true, which is very sad. Um, so, so yeah, we're going to talk about something completely different. Completely different. We're going to be your, your, your Calgon, your A Calgon moment, your like distraction, your safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, buzzing quietly. Yeah. In a soothing, soothing way. Yes. We will be, if you like, you know, whatever your favorite cartoon television show, like when I'm feeling an extra dose of depressed, it's a Bob's Burgers moment for me. Mm-hmm. I just put her on, I watch her, pretend like nothing is real. For me, it's going to be something slow and British. Mm. Slow and British is my speed of choice. That's my speed limit in life. Slow and British. Whatever you can say in one scene, absolutely stretch it out into two seasons. One hundo percent. Um, okay. So today okay. we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to all of our private bits. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the history of vibrators. Ah! I'm so excited. Um, okay, so I, if you are one of those people that never looks at the show notes that we work so hard on, scrambling five minutes before we post an episode. No, that's not true. <laughs> I wrote this one already. Ah. Just so FYI, I wrote it, linked it. I have a lot of links because I looked at a lot of sources for this. Um, there's also a really good chart, which I actually am going to pull up in just a moment. Nice. Oh, I got it. I need a link. I need a link. I. You are Zelda. You need a link. Oh, <gasps> cute. Even I get that one. Even That's not I the Zelda music. Okay. So I'll pull this map up. That's probably copyright, and I'm singing it. I don't care. Eh, deal with it. <laughs> Fight us. Fight us, Zelda people. Please don't. <laughs> but sponsor us if you like. Nintendo, leave me alone. Please don't. <laughs> Give me free games. (laughs) I love your Switch. Yes. Give us free games. Um, Oh, my God. Okay. So um, I I, I looked at a lot of sources. I'm going to just try to rattle some of them off real quick. Um, I looked up a study from – it was the, um, like, the Canadian something on human sexuality. Oh. I'm so sorry. I can't read that one uh, because it's, it's different initials in my notes. Um, uh, a blog called Hello, not a blog. It was like an online, um, like magazine type of thing. Okay. Hello. It was. It's called Clue, but their website is HelloClue.com. Okay. I looked at the BBC, Psychology Today, because no episode is complete without a Psychology right? Today. New York Times, The Atlantic, and something called Voucher Cloud, which we'll go into Ooh. a little bit later. That's the fun, like, kind of palate cleanser at the end of the, mm-hmm. the end of the ep. Um, okay, so gird your loins. Um, a lot of what I got was from that article in Clue. Uh, it was written by Jen Bell in 2018. 
Um, it's a great read, so go read it, and you will recognize I pulled a lot of quotes from it. Ooh, okay. uh, I'm going to try to um, shout out every time. I'm not going to get it every time because it would basically just be me saying, Jen Bell said this. Jen Bell said this. <laughs> so in my notes, everything that's pink is Jen Bell. So Jen! I just showed Katie. Um, okay, so vibrators. Um, a lot of what we have heard about the history of vibrators is very saucy, but not accurate. Ooh. So, sorry, we're going to start right off. We're going to right, right away bust in myths. Mm. Um, so, as I said, Jen Bell in 2018 wrote for Clue. It's helloclue.com. Um, and she has a really great history uh, of the vibrator that dispels a lot of these myths. Um, a lot of the history of the vibrator articles kind of make similar points hers just for me was the best written okay um and it was just like it had a good mix of sort of very well researched facts with you know a little bit of levity yeah so it was the one i enjoyed the most so let's start shattering myths um there was a story that I had actually not heard of, but apparently many people had uh, tried spreading this lie. Ooh. That Cleopatra invented the vibrator, like a very early form of the vibrator, using a gourd, like an empty hollow gourd, and bees. Like putting Stop. bees, live bees, inside the gourd. That sounds like a good idea. Because she lived in Looney Tunes times. Ancient Egypt was also Looney Tunes. Or like the Flintstones. Just like... Bzz, 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 bzz. I was like, busy. what, with like an egg wig like whisker? And she's like... like. Busy little bees. Um, so in this was in 1992 uh this is from the article that jen bell wrote in 1992 encyclopedia of unusual sex practices brenda love claimed that cleopatra used a gourd filled with bees to stimulate her genitals similar to a vibrator um it's been repeated the story's been repeated a lot of times because it's you know i, I guess it sounds like a great fact and like Does a great what if um, and there is absolutely, unequivocally, zero evidence. We're talking about like happened. squash, like a like yeah. a like a hollowed out gourd, that, like you, like you would put like seeds or something in it, and uh-huh. you can make like a maraca, yeah, kind of thing out of it, like a percussion mm. instrument out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, not zero evidence that anything like that ever happened, Cleopatra or anybody else. Like no one's done bees in mm. a gourd vibrator. <laughs> um, Queen of the hive. No, sorry. <laughs> bad. Queen Bee. Um, the the okay. original Queen Bee. The original Queen Bee. Um, so the most popular vibrator origin story usually involves a diagnosis of hysteria. Um, the term comes from the Greek hysterica, meaning uterus. And during the 6th century, uh, a Greek physician named, oh God, a Greek physician named Arateus, I think theorized that the womb could move freely around a woman's body causing ill physical and mental health stop since then hysteria has been used to describe a multitude of ailments especially in women from aggression to fainting to nymphomania to farting if there are men listening to this (laughs) soak that in and try to understand a little bit of the rage women feel. Yeah. From I'm, time to time. I'm picturing like, okay, so you said the, his theory is, was that the womb the womb. Let me let me read, yeah, let's, let, let's repeat it. The womb could move freely around a woman's body, affecting your physical and mental health. You gassy? Must be that pesky womb floating around your fart box. <laughs> I'm picturing like if there's like a baby in there, like a baby, like a hamster cake, like hamster ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just any which way it wants, going around. Have emotions. Yeah. Gotta be yeah. that womb. Gotta be that womb. Womb flare around. is. Womb. Yeah. Okay. Farting. Because mm. somehow my farts are different from a man's farts. Right. Yeah. Lady farts are different. Gotta be that womb. Okay. 
So we've arrived at the section where many people believe that vibrators were invented in the early 19th century to masturbate hysterical women. So there was um, a movie from 2011, a movie from 2011 called Hysteria. And um, in the movie, which is based on a book by Rachel Maines, uh, she wrote the book in 1998. Um, She, the book was called The Technology of Orgasm. Um, in that book, it's theorized that Vic, like early, not, they weren't Victorians because they were in the 1800s, so a little bit before Victorian times, um, vibrators were invented and doctors were masturbating their female clients, female patients to get oh, them rid of anxiety, hysteria, like bad moods, farts, all these things, <laughs> you know, that crazy women did. Um, and there was an English doctor named Joseph Mortimer, sorry, Joseph Mortimer Granville, and he invented the electric vibrator. It was in 1883. Ooh. So before then, there had been some like manual type, like, you know, like a like hand cranks. crank, hand yeah. crank vibrator. Um, but the electric vibrator was invented in 1883. Um, and there you know had that shocked been... some bitches. You know it oh, did. <laughs> There'd been some even more terrifying. There'd been some steam-powered um, massagers before that. Yeah, uh, that they were used in France and the U.S. So this is pre-electric vibrator, oh steam-powered. Um, okay, so the book that theorized that this was happening, written by Rachel Maines, makes it into this film from 2011. I think it starred Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay. Um, where, oh! Yeah, women were going to their doctors to get masturbated to <sighs> feel better because mm-hmm. they're crazy women, you know, womb floating around and whatnot. So they found that that book is um, not exactly accurate. Mm, okay. And even the author, Rachel Maines herself, says, people just loved my hypothesis. And that's all it really, that's all it was, really. It's a hypothesis that women were treated with massage for this disease, hysteria, and that the vibrator was invented to treat this disease. Well, people just thought this was such a cool idea that people believe it. And that's like, and it's like that, that it's like a fact. And I'm like, it's a hypothesis. It's a hypothesis. But girl, you put it in a book. Yeah. And... It's one of those, like, with the Cleopatra and the bee in the gourd story, Mm -hmm. that it sounds really great. Yeah. It makes for, you know, I guess a funny script. So, no, the vibrator was not invented to treat hysterical women. Um, It was just drugs for that. It's fine. (laughs) So, uh, Jen Bell, um, in her book, she, this is from from her book, historian, blah, blah, sorry. Jen Bell, this is from her, um, her article, okay. that a historian named Helen King found no evidence that doctors ever masturbated their patients as hysteria treatment in ancient or classical times. Okay. Hallie Lieberman is the author of Buzz, the stimulating history of the sex toy. She spoke to Jen Bell and said that it, even if it did exist, clitoral massage was not a common medical procedure. After extensive research, Lieberman has never found any proof of a doctor using a vibrator to stimulate a patient's clitoris to orgasm. Mm. So, okay, who was using uh, that dude Granville's vibrator? Well, it was designed to treat pain, headaches, irritability, indigestion, and constipation in men. Oh. It was designed for the fellas. Oh, fellas. What did it look like? Um, there are some photos in some of the other articles. Okay. Um, I mean, it looked like a vibrator. It didn't have yeah. like um like a phallus type of shape. It looked like um like the old school um like massagers where there was oh. like you know like an area that obviously was supposed to make contact. Uh huh. But it like it wasn't shaped like a dick or anything. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Lieberman points out that Granville knew the vibrator could have sexual uses and even used it to treat male sexual dysfunction. 
but he never used it on women. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so <laughs> now we're in the 1900s. Okay. And vibrators were being used to treat different conditions, but it never really did anything. Like it, it wasn't very mm-hmm. effective. Um, in 1915, the American Medical Association took a stand and they called the vibrator industry a delusion and a snare. <laughs> okay. Vibrator makers changed their approach and started advertising their products as home appliances for men and women of all ages. Interesting. Okay. So ads ran in popular magazines, Christian publications, and the New York Times <gasps> claiming that vibrators could cure anything from wrinkles to malaria. Ooh, that's a lofty um, claim. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> advertisers. So <laughs> they How's that were malaria using, going. <laughs> they were using kind of um, like naughty implications. Like they they were kind yeah. of doing very like wink wink, little cheeky type of things, um, because advertising any sort of device for sexual use would have been absolutely taboo, and it yeah. would have been labeled obscene. There's yeah. no way you could absolutely. say this is for your this is for your your naughty bits. Yeah. In 1908, an advertisement for, it's the Bebout vibrator, it assures reader that it was, quote, invented by a woman who knows a woman's needs. Ooh. Lieberman says that although many ads use suggestive language, companies didn't write anything about masturbation in relation to their products. Mm. She says, during this era, men's sexuality was more socially acceptable, while women's sexuality was rarely discussed. One reason why vibrators were advertised as a cure for male impotence, but not for sexual use by women. <laughs> Many vibrators came with dildo-like attachments, but these were officially to treat uterine complaints and constipation. Huh. Interesting. Uh, she says that it's impossible to deny that sexual uses for vibrators weren't known. Yeah. So people obviously knew what they were could be used for mm-hmm. but they could not be advertised yeah or marketed for that yeah purpose. i'm picturing like mad men style the men go off to work 15, well this is later and we didn't have this kind of like social constructs but humor me and then they go off to work and then like doris comes over and talks to betty and is like i got this machine you want to try it out i tried it and it's like oh no 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 and then she tries it and she's like oh yeah. that's great i'm no longer that's constipated that's the history of the vibrator thank you good day <laughs> <laughs> no longer constipated pooping like an angel pooping like a fiend um okay where'd all these bees come from no. <laughs> <laughs> taking up beekeeping <laughs> um so doctors worried about vibrators being used to masturbate but they usually worried about men using them in excess well, they weren't they weren't focused on women using them. They like the the worry was that men would be using them. Yeah, because we wouldn't do that. Ladies would never. No. Victorian doctors were absolutely aware of the female orgasm and the function of the clitoris. So it wasn't as if um, they didn't think that women could get sexual pleasure. Obviously, you knew that women could get sexual so pleasure. So that tells me that that claim that doctors never did that is probably false they probably did i'm sure they had patients they examined and were like no there, there was no way that how did they find out that the clitoris had was stimulated that way i'm assuming it was men who had wives mm. or men who had sex with women who had clitorises so it was known that yes you could get like sexual pleasure from this part of your body. Mm-hmm. But the point was women's sexuality, like women weren't supposed to want that. So oh, yeah. I'm not even saying no- they would have wanted the treatment. I just, I bet there was a couple of doctors out there that were like, let's test out this theory. I mean, I guess they could have, but it's, it wasn't the reason vibrators yes. were invented. Yes. Like it may have been a, a byproduct of it, but it, yeah. they were not invented to treat, to treat women that way. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay, so here's also to, to that point. They knew about female orgasm and the function of the, of the clitoris. In fact, it's one of the, this is from, um, the Bell article. Um, in fact, it's one of the reasons they thought masturbation was a bad idea. 
They knew about the function of the clitoris. Some physicians going as far as to remove them for a cure for nymphomania. Only only one doctor of the era. It was a woman's health advocate named Celia Mosher or Mosher. Okay. Actually talked to women about their experiences, confirming that they did masturbate and were they using vibrators to do it? It seems that some of them were. Mm, interesting. Privately okay. themselves. Not like at a doctor's office, but privately for themselves. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to make another jump. Um, we're in our TARDIS shaped like a vibrator. We're in the 50s. Oh, okay. Doris and Betty are there. They're ready and waiting. Absolutely. The Kinsey Report comes out mm. in 1954. And it found, in that study, Kinsey found that 62% of women surveyed had masturbated. Mm-hmm. Um, although there's no mention about vibrators in in the study, just okay. have you masturbated. Yeah. Um, and then current studies have put uh, the number of American women who say they masturbate at 52%. Okay. So this is the people who, that, the women that Kinsey interviewed, 62%, and current um kind of studies show that about 52 percent of women say they masturbate is it higher probably oh yeah um, nobody's i haven't been interviewed a hundred percent of the women in this podcast have <laughs> masturbated um okay so around this time in like the kind of mid early to mid 50s the fda started cracking down on vibrators but not because of associations with masturbation They had an issue with the marketing of vibrators as cure-alls and weight loss devices, remarking that, quote, the benefit of vibration are limited to temporary relief of minor physical conditions. Um, So there were uh, some electric vibrators. Uh, There was one called the Polar Club. They were marketed as superior beauty aids capable of transforming not only a woman's face, but her entire body. An ad for the Arnold vibrator promised that every woman can have a faultless complexion and youthful, finely proportioned figure, adding there is no further need of powder, paint, pads, or other deception or other deceptions. Wow. <clears throat> so like the weight loss thing, like the band that goes around the middle and that like duh, uh-huh. Yeah, that doesn't that didn't do anything. But that wasn't like a full that wasn't like a vibrator. Yeah. But that was one of those like gadgets that was mm-hmm. supposed to like be a cure all to get you to, to buy it. Okay. So in 1956, the department store Sears produced their own vibrator and oh. it was advertised as giving you that great to be alive feeling. Oh Sears knows what's up. Sears. Okay. I get you, <laughs> Sears. Um, so now we're in the 60s and the 70s. Okay. And uh, birth control, the birth control pill is now widely available, had mm-hmm. been available before, of course, but now it is widely available and not uncommon for women to be taking it. Um, so this began to change the view of premarital sex because now you have birth control. So sex suddenly, okay, not so, mm-hmm. not so risky is now on the table. And that, in turn, got some people speaking positively about masturbation. So attitudes towards masturbation started to get, you know, a little more pro-masturbation. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a sex educator, an artist named Betty Dodson, who began, who began teaching women-only masturbation workshops in New York City in the late Whoa. 60s. Oh, Betty. Uh-huh. Her original teaching aids were an Oster, like the Oster um, vibrator uh-huh. and the Panasonic Panabrator. Um, but from the mid seventies, uh, in the mid seventies, in the mid seventies, Dodson began, began recommending the Hitachi magic <gasps> wand, Whoa! helping it become one of the most popular and well-known vibrators of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, women of a certain age, people, I guess people of a certain age, are familiar with the Hitachi magic wand. Mm-hmm. If you are a youngin and you don't know it, Google, it's not dirty or anything. It, yeah. It was one of those very medicinal looking vibrators. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a dick. Yeah. Um, like there's an episode of sex in the city where Samantha goes to like the sharper image. Yep. Uh, to, to get one, she breaks it and she tries to return it and she keeps calling it a vibrator and they don't want to call it a vibrator. They want to call it a Personal massager. massager. Yeah. Very personal. Um, 
Okay. So, in 1974, an article in Ms. Magazine, uh, Dodson, uh, the woman who was teaching these cl- these workshops, proposed that every woman masturbate as a way to begin uh, regaining the sexual self-knowledge long denied to them by society. Yes, how? girl. And how are they going to do this? Use a vibrator. She says, yes. I have found that the vibrator gives me the strongest and most consistent form of stimulation and is especially good for women who have never experienced orgasm. Yes. Get you some. Um, so she wasn't the only one uh, talking up the vibrators. There was a British doctor named Alex Comfort. Um, he talked about them in The Joy of Sex, which came out in 1972, and said they can produce some f- sexual feeling in almost any woman. Hmm. Um, okay. But, of course, masturbation was still stigmatized in the U.S. Mm-hmm. A 1974 study found that 61% of women surveyed masturbated. But 25% of them said they felt guilty, perverted, or feared going insane from doing it. Insane. Okay. okay. And in some places, it was criminal. The Obscene Device Law, introduced in Texas in 1973 prohibited quote any device designed or marketed primarily for the stimulation of human genital organs oh texas you're always out ahead of it aren't you aren't Mm -hmm. you always there and i guess that that technically would mean that any device marketed that that anyone was using but the majority of people using these devices women yeah so it's a law about good old targeting women's sexuality okay to get around the laws, companies marketed vibrators as personal massagers. Hey. This era also saw the opening of the first women-run sex shop in New York called Eve's Garden. Yes, Eve's Garden. Okay. Now, we go to the eight, 1980s and 90s. Electricity, um, those <laughs> products got a little safer. I'm very worried about yes. those 1950s vibrators. You should. You ever used like an old iron and it sparks fly? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Sparks will literally and figuratively fly. So the 80s and the 90s is when, as Jen Bell puts it, masturbation goes mainstream. And of course, the rabbit. Yeah. So uh, there was a sex toy company called Vibratex. So V-I-B-R-A-T-E-X. I I want that on a shirt and I want it now. Uh, (laughs) They became the first to bring vibrators with internal and external components to the u.s these toys were produced in bright colors and animal shapes in order to get around obscenity laws in japan where the vibrators were made interesting okay the beaver the kangaroo and the turtle all had an internal penis-like component along with different types of ticklers for external stimulation but it was the rabbit vibrator that rose to fame Mm -hmm. thanks in part to an appearance on Sex in the City, of course. Yep. The episode aired in 1998. It shows Charlotte becoming addicted to her mm-hmm. rabbit vibrator. So now we're in present day. Um, and basically vibrators are everywhere. Like if, if you thought vibrators went mainstream in the 80s and 90s, hang on. Hang yeah. on to your vibrators. <laughs> because now they're at Target. They're at CVS. Um, yeah. Like tampon companies, uh, condom companies make them very small, very discreet uh, mm-hmm. to very large and very not discreet. Yeah. Um, adult stores are everywhere. Um, very easy to find. Uh, yeah. And where there are no adult stores, uh, there's, of course, the Internet. And that is putting virtually any sex toy literally at your fingertips mm-hmm. um vibrators and sex toys no longer a taboo subject they're discussed on daytime talk shows like oprah the view all those um but the stigma does persist stigma and double standards persist in 2010 mtv refused to air a commercial for trojan's vibrator triforia unless the word vibrator was removed mm. Meanwhile, ads for erectile dysfunction were permitted. Sure. In that same 2010 broadcast. So do not get me started on MTV because, well, you know what? Actually, get me started on MTV (laughs) because that is 100% something I am going to do 
uh, another episode on. I have been binging MTV's The Challenge. There's so many seasons available. There's two available on the Netflix. CJ. And tons available um, on the ABC. No, CBS All Access. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And look, I am a consumer of garbage. I fully admit it. <laughs> Um, the challenge is one of those things that has me in a never-ending love-hate tornado Yeah, that I will be happy to explore and share with you all very soon. I have feelings. A lot of them. Okay. But in some places, uh, vibrators, at, at least at the time of a lot of these articles that were written, which was really in the last three or four years. So it's mm. not like this was 20 years ago. No. This is all within the last... Less than five years. Okay. There are places where vibrators are still illegal. In 1998, Alabama legislators passed a law forbidding the sale of any device, quote, designed or marketed as useful primarily for the stimulation of human genital organs. Alabama. I mean, are we surprised? <laughs> Mm-mm. The penalty of a $10,000 fine and one year in jail was added to that. So you're telling me more vibrator users get arrested than people storming the fucking Capitol building in the United States of America and Alabama? Probably. At least two women have been arrested um, in Alabama. Adding up already! The Texas anti-vibrator law from 1973 was still in effect at the time of Jen Bell's article. That was in 2018. Although in 2008... One judge declared it unconstitutional and unenforceable. Go, Texas judge. Texas judge, local judge, state judge, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and it is, it's, it's probably going to end up being one of those laws that is still on the books, but nobody wants to take it off the books because it's kind of embarrassing and weird, um, but dangerous to still have on the books because it's still on the books. And if you want to get somebody, a woman. Yeah, a um, weird technicality. Very legal, uh, uh, you know, a, a big pot of boiling hot legal water. You can use that. You know, that's something that can be used against women. Mm. Um, outside of the U.S., there are many places where vibrators are prohibited or their legality is unclear, mm. including the Maldives, the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Thailand, Malaysia, India, and Vietnam. Mm. Okay. Um, Vibrators continue to be sold as massagers or novelty, and female masturbation is still often portrayed as shameful, ridiculous, or inferior to sex with a man. In the U.S., birth control and sex toys for women are still heavily regulated, while men's sex aids like Viagra are openly promoted. Yeah. And very easy to obtain. Yeah. The birth control thing is changing a little bit. Um, if you listen to podcasts as much as I do, you know that there are now some services for to obtain birth control. Yeah. They the still require a prescription, but these companies make it very easy for you to get the prescription, yeah. which was the big issue in a country that does not provide national health care. Mm-hmm. It can be expensive to... Yeah get um to get birth control to get you know the medical care involved with with birth control and also for some people it's not a reality like you might live in a very conservative family uh, with very conservative beliefs um i used to work at a health clinic um here locally in the area and we i remember that there were codes we used on clients files Mm. if they were somebody whose family objected that they had somebody either a husband or family that objected to them using birth control so we were well you were never to discuss obviously a client's care anyway but these files were flagged like you do not do not leave you don't leave messages you only speak to the client um you never like leave a message for anybody or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted to point out one thing that we did. Obviously, I, I focused on the history of women and vibrators. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that men, you know, uh, non-binary individuals, trans men, trans women, that others don't use vibrators yeah. um, and other sex toys because there isn't as much on 
there's really the, the research is really only on um, cisgendered men and women. Right. But obviously sex toys, in this case we're talking about vibrators, are used by others. Anyone. Not just women. Yeah. Um, but um, the research that's available is really only for cisgendered women and men. So there's a little bit of limit. There's a limitation with, you know, um, with getting like the full picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that will come with time. But as yeah. of now, you know, we I have to work with, with what I could find. Um, but historically, they have been used by and marketed towards women. Um and so much focus of sex and sexuality skews towards men. Mm-hmm. I just felt that it warranted that we, we let the ladies have this one. Yeah. Um, let's just focus on, on us and the vibe. Good, good vibes only. Yeah. Um, but I did want to make the point that vibrators are not exclusively right. used by women. Yeah. They have been marketed towards us. But um, in a lot of the studies that, uh, that are in some of these articles – there is a very small percentage of men that say they use vibrators, which probably means that there's a slightly larger than that right. percentage of men that use them. Right. Um, Dr. Boyfriend listens to a podcast called Two Bears, One Cave. Okay. It's Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer. Um, and, oh, God, I feel really bad because now I can't remember which one. One of them, I think it was Burt Kreischer, admitted to – hearing oh they, they went to um for like a they do these live shows like live stream shows that you have you they sell tickets for yeah and in one of them they went the two of them went to a dominatrix oh um <laughs> and she worked them off <laughs> but in talking the dominatrix said like um if that uh, she has used a vibrator with some of her male clients and that it makes them come like instantly oh interesting hard and fast so Bert yeah. got really curious and did it at home and was just like, ba-bam. Oh, yeah, it my works. God. <laughs> so some men curious, they have used it. I'm sure he is not the only person who has ever right? discovered this. So there is a small percentage of men, cisgendered men, that use vibrators. There are also others who are going to use vibrators and sex toys for sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. But the research that's available um, – is mostly again, like I said, cisgendered men and women. Right. And this is one of those things, one of those sexuality uh, issues that women can take the lead on, and I'm gonna take it. Yeah. I'm gonna take it. Like this is about us. Yeah. Take um, it. Let's take it. Okay. <laughs> so now the fun, you guys. I'm a nerd. Okay. So I love weird studies and results and i love a map i'm going to i'm going this is linked in the article and i'm going to in real time right now take a photo of this for katie just so she can see it what i'm looking at she's not gonna be able to zoom in um i'll give you well i'll send you the link in a second but you can just see the sex toy world rankings um so when you get it you'll see what i'm talking about this is all around the world um, there is a company called Voucher Cloud, and it looks to be like an online kind of retail customer service type of thing, type of okay. site. They do reviews, like discount codes, uh, write-ups of things, you know, like, like finding different like consumer sort of consumer reviews and try this new product and all this stuff. Okay. And what they also do is track tons of data. Um, like search terms for sex toys. And they put out an article Ooh. that ranked how frequently sex toys were being searched for ah. worldwide. So the map that you see, uh-huh. the like gray areas are where there's no data available. And that's like mm. North Korea. I think it's North Korea, uh, Iran, Syria, and uh, Sudan. I can't see the other. Sorry. I'm, got, I'm still adjusting to my new glasses. There are like one, two, three, four, five, six, about six or so African countries where there's no data. Mm-hmm. So some areas where they either could not gather the data mm, or yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of sex toys, the internet, things like that are limited. 
yeah. or not heavily, available. Yeah. Heavily, heavily uh, um, sanctioned. Yeah. Yeah. So they found, let me look up the thing. Hold on. Okay. Um, they list uh, all the rankings, but for the sake of time, I'm going to read you their top 10. Okay. So these are the top 10 countries, the countries with the highest search terms for sex toys that they've okay. gathered. Okay. Number one, Denmark. Oh, okay. Number two, Sweden. Oh. Three, Greenland. See Greenland. Four, USA. Five, the UK. Okay. Uh, six, the Netherlands. Seven is Russia. Bulgaria at number eight. Italy at number nine. And Austria rounds out the top ten. Wow. So the others are available on the site. I have it linked in the show notes. I have the article where you can read all the findings. And then in a separate link is just the map. And you can see it goes from a very deep, deep purple Mm -hmm. kind of gradiently to like kind of pinky peachy and then gray at the very bottom. So the purples are the higher uh, numbers, kind of the lighter the purple or kind of you're into the middle section and then kind of a sort of rosy color is right in the middle and then it starts to fade out into kind of more of a peach color yeah i'm surprised canada didn't rank higher uh-huh canada ranked at 27 27 yeah um so the article mentions the surprising finds were france at 15 uh they expected frank france to be higher um. germany which is the one i honestly thought was going to be number one was at number 22 wow and japan at 43 that yeah so these are just search terms not actual use of Mm -hmm. um and so some of that is just you know the internet being more used more often in the Mm -hmm. other countries that ranked higher um like japan might just actually be more available like irl you don't have to search for it because there are more shops where right. something like that would be available. Same in Germany. You know, you might not need to search the internet for right. it because it's just, you know where to go to get it. Um, and again, they're just search terms. Right. So it could just be somebody. Um, I In the article, it'll tell you exactly. Let me pull up the article. Because they did point out what, um, like how they measured it. Um, mm, okay. So popular, they looked at 18 popular sex toy search terms, ranging from relatively vanilla dildo vibrator to your jiggle balls and cock ring. And they translated them into every Google available language in order to rank every country around uh, by their sex toy searches. Okay. Um, yeah. So tis a, tis a rainbow of searches. Um, that's pretty cool. That is. That's fascinating. I'm like scrolling through. This is also <laughs> the high. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh boy. but the highest ranking of like sex search, sex toy searches is also very similar to like my ancestry DNA. Uh huh. <laughs> it really is. I love it. <laughs> like those Baltics that. Oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. me. Baltics. <laughs> Sweden, I see you. Norway, I see you. Mm-hmm. Ukraine came in a little bit low, but I also got that Russia at that seven. So <laughs> here we are. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's fascinating. Vibrators. vibrators. Love them. Love a modern day vibrator. I can't remember. I, I was trying to remember, like, oh, the first vibrator I ever bought probably was a, a mail order thing. It was probably something I ordered on the line. Um, when I went to Finland with my friends, we were big fans of a band called Him. Oh, okay. And the lead singer's father famously had, uh, he owned a sex shop. Oh, okay. And it was very small. But mm-hmm. because his son was in this, you know, really well-known Finnish band, 
he got a lot of business from people just coming in wanting to meet him. And of course, we went to the sex shop and I remember like I bought a t-shirt and I I bought like this insane huge purple dildo. <laughs> I I don't really like dildos. Like yeah. I've never really used them. If I'm going to use something, it would be a vibrator. Mm-hmm. And it's probably more for I'll I'll come clean. <laughs> Get it? Um I want external stimulation. I don't necessarily go for the internal. Um, for internal, I don't see the in there. Yeah, I, I got for some internal. Boo. I'd rather have uh, a companion. Yes, to do that, to take care of that. So for me, when I'm truly Patty Labelle on my own, um, I just I like the outside. I don't I don't di- I don't diddle with the middle. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I I bought this giant purple dildo and was just like, I just got swept up in the moment. <laughs> and then I had to pack my bag and I was like, I cannot have a giant purple fucking dildo in this bag. And that thought didn't occur to me until I was on my, f- I was catching my flight. I was going from Munich back to the US. I, I, it was like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, oh my God. No, I had to, I was... I had to fly from Berlin to Munich. Okay. And I was like, shit. I, all I have is this Karen. I didn't have checked baggages, <gasps> checked baggages, checked bags. I only had this Karen. I was like, they're 100% going to see this dildo. Mm-hmm. So before I went through the security, I went to the bathroom and I wrapped it up in toilet paper and threw it in the trash can <laughs> and was like, I'm so sorry to whoever finds this. Like, I tried to wrap it as best I could. Yeah. I don't know if it's guaranteed to stay in wrap, but somebody's going to get a purple sparkly dildo surprise. <laughs> um, went through the security line. And it was just like, I think that they know. Yeah, they, know. they know. They smell I it. Just, they know. They probably have security footage of me doing it. Mm-hmm. I ditched a dildo. They 100% would have asked you about it because they've, I have gotten questioned about um, microphones before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were like, can we? ma'am, can we look in your bag? And I was like, yeah, fine, why? Look in my bag. And they 100% thought the microphones were yeah, big old dildos. Dilly dos. Diddly diddly dos. Yeah, I just, I imagine whatever I bought, I probably at some point got a rabbit or something like mm-hmm. a rabbit. Same. But again, like I'm, I'm only interested in that, in that rabbit part. Like I'm not interested in the rest of it. So it's a waste. Yep. Um, when we went to the pleasure chest mm-hmm. in Hollywood, yeah, I saw that one. It was the Iroha. Uh-huh. I remember the name to this day because it looked beautiful and I wanted yeah. it. Yeah. And it was too expensive and I didn't get it. Yeah. And as soon as I decided to get it, like I can't find it anymore. Oh no. They don't have, they don't have that one. I remember I the texture on those, that brand. It was squishy. Impeccable. And I wanted it. It was soft. It was delicate. It was, it was a soft vibration, too, which is yeah, very Yeah, and important. it was very, like, subtle. Not that I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. about having um, a vibrator, but I'm into the non-practical things. I like yes. form over function, and I was just like, oh, that looks it's just, like, really pretty. It was really pretty. And I didn't they get it. They make pretty. What was that company again? I don't remember the name of that company. I think it was Iroha. Iroha? Yeah, because you got the other little one. The little like travel size, yeah, one, which is great. Yeah. Still user, she's working great. I should she have gone out. I'm, a, I'm an idiot, but the yeah. one that I wanted You're was 100%, like 100. It's Iroha. It's the exactly one what it I is. wanted was like 150 dollars, and I was just like, oh, I can't spend 150 dollars yeah. on a vibrator. But it is very soft. Um, it has like some give, which is really nice. I mean, they are beautiful. I should have 100 percent bought it. I'm a fucking idiot for not. I got it. the Iroha Mini Sora Mikan. You should still, they still, they have a website. You should totally get it. I know, but they don't have the one I want. Oh. The one, the, Yuki? the, the squishy? They, they have didn't a have Yuki, it. a Midori, and a Sakura. Oh, a Sakura! It might have been the Yuki that I saw, but I think they changed it. And it doesn't look the way it used to. Like, what it, is there's the, something different about it. This one do. Hold but, on. Hold on. Now I got to see. Hold on. What, what's, what's this B looking this at? This is like, okay. So there is the Iroha Tamari Mitsu, which is like uh it's in a little container and it has like a little ball around it and i wonder what she does fits easily into the hand and anti-dust coating helps to keep the item clean reduce vibration transmissions to the holder so 
what does one do? It's waterproof. <gasps> it's like in a little like container. And I guess you use that to, there's a storage cap. I love this. They've thought of everything. It looks, it reminds me of like, you know, like those lip balms that were super popular. Yes. For a long time. A hundred percent. Yeah. Where you, they're like little. Absolutely what it looks like. Balls. And then you open up the top and then you have like the lip balm is also in like a, a circular ball like shape. But mm-hmm. this is just a vibrator. All right, you cuties. We'll check you later with another episode next week. So rate, yep. review, subscribe, follow us if you haven't already. Share this around. Tell your friends. Um, Buy a vibrator. Share it with us. I don't know. We're the bees. You, just, you don't have bees to share. Bees and you just tell us which one you bought. You don't have to show us <laughs> or anything. Don't show. Please don't. I'd rather Please you don't show. <laughs> Unless you, put, unless you put googly eyes on it, then I'll look at it. Yeah. Vibrators with googly eyes. No one Costumes. Costumes. <gasps> Costumes? We, didn't we fall down that rabbit hole already once? Oh, we did. We did. Oh, we did. And it Super might even horrible. be costumes. I love it. I can't remember. Whatever. It's like penis capes or something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have to look that up. But not all, not all heroes wear capes, but some penises do. Some penises do, and they're glorious. And we'll smell you later. Ew. Nerds. <laughs> Goodbye till next time. I said good day. Bye. To tell me what you want from me.